Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast Finishing off another hectic week It's Thursday, we've got Double Housewives recaps These these Wednesday back-to-backs Kicking our ass this week, just like they have for the last few weeks But first, we have some news to get to. Some sad news, at least to me, in the Bravo world. Yesterday, on social media, Taylor Armstrong sharing the news that she will not, not be returning to Real Housewives of Orange County for season 18. I told myself I wasn't going to cry. Pulling it together, she said... Loved spending time with the ladies of RHOC. Thankful I got to give the viewers an update on my life. I've made some real friendships that I cherish. Wishing the ladies all the best for season 18. P.S. Adding season 17 to my IMDb. Uh, What a class act. What a treasure. I... This came as a surprise to me only because... I felt like last season of Orange County just worked so well. And so I sort of just assumed without really thinking about it that much that, yeah, probably everyone will be back. And I think everyone else will be back or at least will be invited back. This, you know, suggests to me that they're about to start filming again. This is usually when people make their kind of decisions and announcements and, you know, framing devices of, staying on the show or coming back to the show or whatever. So I thought Taylor was kind of the perfect seasoning to the housewives cast. Like she wasn't last season, a main player, a a key ingredient of the recipe, but I just thought her presence, her being there added like a fun extra sort of unexpected flavor that overall made the final product just a little bit more fun. And so I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that she's not going to be back next season. I don't know if this is a contract thing, if it was her choice. She did get a lot of uh, nice comments on her post. Andy said, bravo Taylor with some hearts. Heather said, you will be missed. Tamara said, no, with a crying face, you will be missed Taylor. Hashtag friends forever. And Jen Pedranti said, I love you so much. It's nice to see whatever the circumstance is of her not returning to the show. It's nice to see that she really is a part of the group on a friendship level. And I, you know, I hope we get to see Taylor again in some way, shape or fashion. I don't, I don't know if Housewives is going to be the thing for her. You know, I thought she was great on the girls trip in the Berkshires. 
that was kind of our big reintroduction to her. And I thought it was such a a welcome surprise. If you've heard me talk about that show, you know that I was really into Taylor on that season and that kind of precipitated her return to, or not her return to Orange County, her, her arrival on Orange County. But the, the bigger question is, what does this mean for season 18? Like I said, they're, this would suggest that they are kind of in the final phases of getting the cast together. I'm not expecting any big changes in terms of last season's cast, except I think the the big question marks are what, if anything, will happen with Vicky Gonvalson? And might we have a return of Alexis Bellino? This is something, it could be nothing, but I do feel like now this is sort of the second season in a row where there have been these kind of whisperings about something maybe happening with Alexis. I know Heather has said multiple times that Alexis would be kind of her choice of who to bring back of anyone that's been on the show. She made an appearance at BravoCon to present Vicky with her award. She's been sort of hitting the circuit of <laughs> events, kind of. She was at... um. Kathy Hilton hosted a big direct TV party earlier this week for the holidays. And there were a lot of Bravo Lebs there, but it was like it was like Emily Simpson, Sheena was there, Crystal was there. Crystal like hosted a pre-party, I think. Kim Richards was there, Kyle, obviously. Mary Cosby was there. It was sort of a a strange assortment, to be honest. But there there was uh, Teresa was there. There were a few faces that kind of were more surprising than the others. And I think that Alexis is sort of on that list where I do feel like there has been a little bit of a shift where a year ago, two years ago, I don't think she would have been getting invited to Bravo adjacent events like that. I mean, BravoCon, of course, was a a specific circumstance, but I don't think she kind of was in the public consciousness. And now she really has reappeared resurfaced and i i'm happy about it i i hope that she i think she would be a great friend of at least on the show and so i think that that would be kind of a good addition to the the orange county tapestry if you will but i'm i'm very curious to see what happens there vicky also has said publicly i think she said at BravoCon when asked about season 18 and beyond that she is never coming back to the show as anything but a full-time housewife again So she's not going to be a friend. She's not going to be a guest. She's not going to be, you know, moral support for Tamara and Shannon. She seems like she is at a place where at least right now she's saying it's all or nothing. And I'm very curious to see kind of how the powers that be at Bravo really feel about that. Because I know that Vicky has a lot of fans. I know that there there are people who feel like... Orange County will never be complete without Vicki Gunvalson holding an orange. And I respect that point of view. I don't really feel the same. I thought that this past season was on a really good groove, even before Vicky was in the picture. So I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm very curious to see what happens. I'm excited for them to start filming again. I thought this past season was really great. And I, I, you know, all indications are that, they're going to be on a good track of success for next year. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that. <sighs> I guess we should talk about Beverly Hills, huh? 
a 75 minute episode our one of our uh, signature now dinner parties from hell a lot of familiar faces coming back in the door how funny that um the same day that we're talking about taylor departing bravo once again we have an episode of beverly hills where camille's coming through the door faye is there uh denise is back in the fray cynthia bailey is making an appearance we have a new housewife Anne marie okay i need i need some clarification are we doing Anne marie or his is it anna marie because to me like her name is Anne. it's Anne marie like it's spelled a n n e m a r i e that is Anne marie but Sutton and I think Crystal both, it sounds like they're saying Anna Marie. So I'm going to need to clear that up because I, <laughs> I don't know, this is going to bother me. And I, I suppose I should see if I can find like a video of her pronouncing her own name. But Anne Marie, Anna Marie is, um, is in the picture now. The introduction that she gets is interesting. We haven't really had one of these in a while where the season is off to the races. We've had, I think this is the sixth episode of the season and it's felt like a complete group with no mention or no inkling that there is another person kind of on the way. And so cut to Kyle's party. It really is just like, Oh, here's my friend Anna Marie. And now we're going to speak about her as if she's, part of the group. And I always wonder when they do this with housewives, I don't know specifically um, for Aunt, God, I now I want to say Anna Marie, but I don't know if that's her name. I don't know in her case specifically if there was some contract reason that she, that wasn't ready by the time they started filming. So she came in later or if it was casting saying we need something else. I, I, I it's, it's a strange thing. It hasn't happened very often. It reminds me of on Beverly Hills back in season six or seven when uh, Catherine Edwards joined the show like halfway through a season and then she didn't come back for another season. So it really was like she existed in Housewives for approximately six months of calendar time and then we never heard from her again. Obviously, it's way too soon to say whether Anne-Marie will be uh, similarly one and done or less than one and done as Catherine Edwards. I mean, famously, Sonia Morgan was also a a mid-season addition. So, I mean, you really can't read too much into it. But the introduction that she gets, Kyle is like, this is my friend, Anne-Marie. She's a newer friend. And she's like, oh, she's great. Kyle immediately enlists her to serve as an example that she's not working out more, more than a normal amount. She's like, how many days a week do you work out? She's like, I don't know, six or seven. She's like, great. Can you tell Sutton that? Like, Anne-Marie has not even met Sutton. <laughs> can we can we pump the brakes just a little bit on like strategizing with the new girl about how to make your frenemy look bad? But then Crystal comes in the door and Crystal clearly knows her as well. And in the confessional, she's like, I don't know her super well, um, but I know that she talks a lot. And she asks a lot of questions. Yeah, she's a nosy bitch. This is very intriguing to me. Because 
for Crystal to be like, yeah, I barely know her, but what I do know about her is that she's like nosy and obnoxious. <laughs> like, tell me more, say more things, keep talking, keep going. So I we don't get a ton of Anne Marie. Obviously, this is a big, chaotic group scene, and she does she she gets her nose in there a little bit. I'll get to that in a few minutes, but I'm really interested to see over the next handful of episodes kind of how Anne Marie assimilates into the group because it does feel strange. It does feel like sort of a a thing that doesn't happen anymore where they just kind of plop somebody in mid-season. Um, I'm sure we'll get to meet her husband who has some, some views that I, I don't feel great about, but we will see where that goes. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. But earlier in the episode, of course, the the name on everybody's lips is Morgan Wade, because we get our first look at the uh, air quotes friendship heard around the world, Kyle and Morgan. <sighs> Where to begin? I don't. I feel. Hmm. This is tricky for me because one of my least favorite things, really, and I mean this, is speculating about someone's sexuality. Like, as a gay person, I don't find it to be, like, a a (laughs) pleasurable activity. I don't know. But all I can say is that we are being presented with a relationship of two people. 
and we are being told one thing and what we are seeing doesn't feel like it is the same as what we were being told or is maybe not the full version of what we're being told. Like when Kyle is saying Morgan is my close friend. We talk every day, you know, we met because I was obsessed with how talented she was. And so I was stalking her and then I came to see her show and Morgan's like, Oh yeah, she was stalking me. Like, it feels so bizarre. We have known Kyle Richards on Housewives in our TV screens for close to 15 years at this point. And we are being presented with this story and this version of this is this woman that you've never seen before. I've never talked about before until the last few weeks when they've been filming this season. But I am telling you now that she is one of my my dearest friends in the world and she gets me like nobody else and we talk every day and it's like, then why are you acting on camera like there's a an elephant in the... It just feels like there's something... There's like... It feels like they're performing something that is not their normal vibe because if this was their normal vibe they they seem so uncomfortable around each other and it's like if this is your normal vibe then you would hang out once and be like well that was awkward i don't we probably probably aren't gonna hang out again so i just have to think that when the cameras aren't there whether it's a whether it's a romantic thing or a sexual thing or just a, a maybe morgan is not comfortable with the bravo cameras that's fine I just can't believe, like, I, I don't believe that this is how they act around each other when nobody's watching. I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't feel accurate. Like, it doesn't feel like we're being presented with the authentic version of their friendship, relationship, whatever. And then, you know, Kyle going home afterward, or maybe not directly afterward, because, honey, that tattoo did not look fresh. <laughs> like, when you get a tattoo on your stomach, you're not going home and being like, look at my tattoo. It's it's rubbing up on my jeans with no bandage or anything. No, um, no, like, it's not wrapped or anything. I don't have to put cream on it. It doesn't look red. It doesn't look swollen. Like, I don't even have tattoos and I know that's not what a tattoo looks like 30 minutes after you get it. But anyway, Mauricio and Kyle just seem worse than they've ever been. Like it feels like Mauricio has been told or feels that he still needs to sort of be performing husband. But Kyle doesn't seem to be performing wife. And she doesn't seem to be, like, receptive to him performing husband. So it's just a it's just a strange, strange vibe. He's like, baby, did you read my book? And she's like, I'll get to it. I'm pretty sure Meredith Marks has read more of Bad Mormon than Kyle has read of Mauricio's book. Heck, I'm pretty sure Lisa Barlow has read more of Bad Mormon 
than Kyle read of Mauricio's book. It's just weird. And the way he's the way he's talking about the tattoos and acting like he cares, but then also being like, oh well I hope I get I hope I get to see it more. Hubba hubba. Like there just seems to be such a disconnect between it's like either Kyle is in such an emotionally stunted place right now where all of her interactions are this like weird glazed over missed connection or she's being so uptight about not showing us exactly what's happening but either way it's un it's uncomfortable to watch it it isn't satisfying to watch because it feels like there is just this it's like you have a a puzzle and you're missing the most important piece. Like it just feels like you're, you're missing like the, like when there's a code and there's like the one, um, like the key or like the index or whatever that shows you how to break the code. It's like, Kyle's not giving us that key right now. And I don't know exactly what the, you know, uncoded message is, but I know that what I'm seeing isn't it. And it's a weird experience to watch because on the other hand, then you have Sutton and the little bit Garcelle who are noticing things, wondering things, asking about things. And it does feel like with Kyle and Sutton, like when, when Sutton pulls Kyle aside at her house and is like, so I don't think it's like us to fight like that. So... I just feel like you're not being fully honest, Carl. Like, I get, I get that Sutton is probably not going about it in the way that is going to connect best with Kyle. But also, I get why Sutton feels like Kyle is acting weird. And, you know, the wedding ring and all that stuff, it's like, I, it's a little bit neither here nor there. Like, as somebody who is not married and doesn't particularly care about, like, the institution of marriage. It's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, even Erica was like, oh, I didn't wear my ring for years. Who cares? But like, on the other hand, it does seem like Kyle kind of has this veil around the the full truth of what's going on in her life. So like, is Sutton really going to get the best answers out of her when it's immediately before everybody's sitting down for dinner and she has guests at her house? Of course not. I mean, that's just kind of like housewifery that it's like, well, we're going to have this conversation now. Um, But I do, when they sit down at the table, finally, after everybody's like, after everybody's like, "Um, is Kyle coming to this dinner? Can we eat? They're waiting for their cannabis infused food, which by the way, so they're doing the THC dinner. Bravo has come a long way. Remember a few years ago when Tamara threw a whole Vena CBD party and then they cut it from the season because they like weren't comfortable with marijuana. <laughs> uh, now we've got we got THC dinners. We've got Adriana sobbing through ketamine treatment. Who cares? <laughs> you know, maybe if they redid the early seasons of Vanderpump Rules these days, maybe maybe we wouldn't have to say pasta. Am I right? But yeah, sitting down at this dinner. Crystal, Crystal, my girl, stepping up to the plate and saying, 
wait, yeah, I, I walked in on this. <laughs> I walked in on this heated thing you were having. Um, What was that? That is what we need. That is the energy that we need. Crystal does it. And then after Kyle and Sutton are sort of going back and forth about the working out and the eating and the ugh, just the, the weirdness of all of that, Anne-Marie, Anna-Marie, whatever her name is, she steps up to the plate too. She cuts in and says, can I just say, <laughs> I love I love the energy of like, okay, so I don't know any of the backstory here. I don't have a fucking clue what's going on, but can I just say, you guys are acting weird. And if you are actually friends with each other, you should be able to say what you mean because right now you're saying nothing. You're dan- you're tiptoeing around, you're beating around the bush and that's not going to accomplish anything. And if you're real friends, say what you mean. And Sutton still kind of can't do it. She's like, well, no, I just, you know, you know, with your personal life, like what you're going through. And Garcelle then, this is really a team effort to get us from point A to point B. Garcelle's like, her marriage, the ring. What's going on with the ring? <laughs> so finally, after Crystal picks up the ball and then Anne passes it to Anne-Marie, and then Garcelle, you know, makes the play. We finally get to the crux of the issue, which is that Sutton and kind of Garcelle are wondering if something happened in the marriage and if maybe Mauricio cheated on Kyle and got her a, a makeup band. Garcelle says she has a diamond cross. Camille's like, oh, he used to get cars. I got an Aston Martin. <laughs> Oh God, Camille and Denise, what a what a We're gonna get more of that next week, I'm pretty sure. So I'm I'm not too uh I'm not too concerned on unpacking the Denise of it all right now because uh trust and believe we will get there. But it's such an interesting conversation. Kyle says that she bought herself the ring. Um and then she kind of fixates on that for the rest of the conversation. That she's very She's very angry about the idea that she can't wear new jewelry and that she, this must be some gift from Mauricio and they're analyzing blah, 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 blah. In a way that feels like it's sort of deflecting from the true question at hand, which is what is going on in the marriage? Ring aside, you know, working out aside, what's the sitch? And, you know, Kyle feels like she's been really honest at this retreat. They keep calling it a retreat. I'm like, you guys were there for an hour. (laughs) To me, retreat is like a full day or like an overnight. Is that wrong? I don't know. But she feels like she's already shared about her marriage going through a tough time. And so that then it is shitty of Sutton and Garcelle to try and dig any deeper and to to ask more questions than that. But I think, I mean, we all watched that scene with Kyle and Morgan and then the scene with Kyle and Mauricio. It's not normal. What, however good or bad or cheating or not or whatever, this isn't just like a couple who's going through a little bit of a rut and needs a little bit of work. And obviously we, we know now that they're separated both of them are like slipping up and using the D word a little, a few too many times, but they're adamant that they're not getting divorced. I don't know. I just don't know. 
I don't know. We let's talk about Miami. Because we're we get a to be continued on Beverly Hills, so I we'll have more chances to talk about that dinner. Oh, that dinner. Wait, real quick. Faye and Camille both realizing that their place cards are directly across from each other. And Camille's like, oh, God, great. Faye is sitting across from me. And then Faye just takes it upon herself to move the place card because she's like, I have no desire to 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 speak to that that woman. I love that their grudge is going strong for like 12 years. That's so important to me. Like, if Faye and Camille ever, like, sat down and broke bread, I think that might be, like, the closest we could get to world peace. But they're not on a show together, so it's never going to happen. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Miami. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. <sighs> well, it happened. Larsa is Larsa is digging herself even deeper. She's got her um her Pippin Jordan shovel and she's getting as low as she possibly can. It's just not good. It's not it's not it's not good for her right now. Because aside from what we already know, which is that she broke Gertie's trust and told everyone loudly about the breast cancer diagnosis. Then she doesn't feel bad about it later. Gertie finds out, of course, she says that she was testing Larsa. Larsa's like, what do you mean a test? What do you mean test? She hears this from Lisa. So then she calls Nicole and is like, does Gertie really have cancer? Because she's talking about something. Test, test, test. I don't know what. So am I to think that when Lisa said that Gertie said that she was testing Larsa with this information, she really thought that it was like fake information solely for the purpose of deducing whether Larsa was trustworthy. Oh, God. It's not good for Larsa either way, because if that is if that is what happened and she really thought that Gertie was lying to her as a test, then Gertie's going to be pissed off that she th- that Larsa thinks she would be capable of that. And if she didn't think that that was the case, then she's an even worse friend because she knew that it was real and told them anyway. Like it, either way, there's no. The test thing aside, like maybe that was like an inelegant thing for Gertie to say. There's no justification for Larsa's behavior. 
And the fact that at Julia's opera party, at the end of the episode, Gertie is a little cold toward Larsa, and Larsa's acting like she doesn't know what's going on or like where that could be coming from. It's like, babe, think. Use your brain. Like, ugh. It's, it's tough to watch, honestly, because Larsa is somebody where I, I don't know that I've ever been like a, a true fan of her in the sense of I love her and I love everything that she's doing, but I've enjoyed her a lot on the show and I've thought that she brings something valuable to the show and I've been surprised, honestly, how much I think she's brought to the show in the last few seasons but this is just a situation where it's less about what you're bringing to the table on housewives and it's more about like can you can you think about being a good friend for a second and i think the answer is no because we also see this episode kiki is struggling with her relationship with larsa because she feels that when larsa was single The two of them were great friends. They would talk all the time. They would go out all the time. They would have fun together. And Larsa was like her girl. And now she's with Marcus. And she feels like Larsa only wants to hang out with Marcus. She doesn't think about Kiki. She doesn't check in on Kiki. She doesn't really like seem to care. And the normal thing to happen would be if you were a friend and you voiced that, if your friend cares about you, they should be like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I I would hate for you to feel that way. Of course I care about you. Let's plan a girl's night. Let's do a, let's, you know, go to dinner. Let's get lunch. Just the two of us. Let's catch up. How are you? Let me be there for you. I want to make sure that I'm making you feel seen and heard. Not only does Larsa not do that. She does the exact opposite because when Kiki, when they're at this yacht party for, I guess it's for Formula One. This is, this yacht party is the only mention of Formula One. And I'm like, are are we at F1 or not? Like, okay. But they're at this yacht party. It's Kiki, it's Lisa, it's Larsa. And Lisa and Larsa both show up with their guys And Kiki's like, oh my God, I didn't know Jody and Marcus were coming. I thought it was just going to be the three of us. And in her confessional, Larsa, she says, at this point, she's past the point of just hanging out with her friends. She did that for five years. And she says, at this point, Kiki needs to find a boyfriend if she wants to enjoy these nights out because she wants to be with Marcus. That is a such a callous thing to say about anyone, but especially about somebody that you have been a good friend with. Like, first of all, like if, if Kiki wants a man, I hope she finds a man, but this is sort of like Potomac territory that we've gotten into where it's like, you're shaming somebody for being single. Like I, I always hate that, but like just on a friend level, it's like being so dismissive of her feeling a way that I think most people can relate to because uh, honestly, unless you're the, if you're the person in the friend group who always has a boyfriend, that's fine. But most other people at least are going through some periods of singleness in their adult life. And it is so, 
it is so, so common to feel like people are valuing their relationships more than they're valuing their friends and shifting priorities. I get it. It's tough. But like to see Larsa just be so dismissive of that was really, it just sucked. And I, I hope that she kind of can crack through that. I hope that Kiki can, you know, get more out of Larsa or find some better friends otherwise. But it was, it's just too bad. It's a shame. I don't know. Alexia and Todd, I feel like they're they're painting themselves into a weird, stupid corner too. Like they can't get their story straight about Todd skipping this premiere party and whether it's all Adriana's fault or whether, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. That whole situation is weird. Marisol skips Julia's fuck cancer party for Martina only because it's at Adriana's house. I'm sorry. There's no there's no ambiguity there. Ju- Julia's calling her on the phone. She seems like she's ready to come. And then she's like, oh, it's at Adriana's house. I have a medical procedure that day, actually. And I think I need to go lay down. It's like, all right. Julia's nice. She gives her the benefit of the doubt. But it's like, girl, you're getting played. <sighs> and then just to end on a nice note, Adriana doing that ketamine treatment. If you had asked me, (laughs) if you had made me bet money of whether I would get teary eyed watching Adriana do ketamine for the first time on Real Housewives of Miami, I, um, I would have lost that bet because I would have said no, (laughs) but she's doing this treatment as a way to connect with, you know, what's, what she's been going through and kind of get out of herself a little bit. And she she rattles off, first of all, God, I love it. Adriana is so funny because she's rattling off kind of why she's had a tough few years. She's like, I lost my father. I lost my brother. I got divorced. Uh, I'm an empty nester. My son moved away. And I've, I, I've gotten bullied by Alexia and Marisol. <laughs> Leave it to Adriana to lump in... <laughs> Getting getting bullied by Alexia Marisol with the death of her father and brother. It's so good. But then the emotions still hit because Julia's there watching as she does this treatment and she's just like full, full sobbing. She sees her brother. She sees her dad. It's so tough. I, I was thinking recently... One of the things I think Housewives has brought us so many moments over the years of these kind of life experiences that we don't always share, that that are common to go through, but people don't always talk about. I think Housewives has been great for that with fertility struggles and, you know, miscarriages and IVF and, you know just family shit in general, like complicated things with with kids and with parents and with family members. And I think an underrated thing also is we've seen a lot of people struggle with the loss of parents. You know, most of the people on these shows are, you know, at the the stage of life where you're, you know, in your 30s, 40s, 50s, getting older, your parents are getting older. And that is something that is is so real and 
affects everyone in different ways, but, you know, really profoundly. And seeing Adriana, you know, go through this emotional struggle, she is not somebody on this show who always kind of gets, I think, the most grace in terms of her emotional journey. Um, I think sometimes she does it to herself, but um, it was just really, it was kind of lovely to see her have that moment. And I don't know <laughs> what, I don't know why this has come over me with her this week, but man, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, thank you, Adriana, for, for letting us in on that little journey. And um, maybe, maybe in the future, Marisol and Alexia will stop bullying you. But that is all for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. You can follow me at Dylan Hafer. Follow next week. We have lots of exciting stuff coming up, uh, some really exciting interviews in the works. Um, so I'm excited for you to hear all of that. And as we get into the holiday season, there will be some fun end of year content too. Uh, so make sure you're followed. But until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.